I'm Sam Mitchell, and these are my stories. Hi, folks. I'm having a good day today. Let me be the first to welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Now, before we begin, I messed up that I'm not a psychiatrist. If you're starting to be diagnosed with autism, please see a physician. I only speak based on my experiences. I also don't have the right to the intro and outro that I found on danielbooking.com and mediafiresound.com. I also have a mission statement I'd like to review with all of you. The mission of Autism Rocks and Rolls is to take the negative stigma off of autism and other conditions that may think are disabilities. People on the spectrum are not broken and not need to be fixed. Those who have conditions or abilities aren't to be pitied. There's nothing to be sorry about. I do have to pay for the following. First, we need to recognize our old friends at GN Cherry for Kids. My dad works there and for many years GN Cherry for Kids has supported youth initiatives with Lawrence County and the local area. With this 501c3 nonprofit, Bedford, Indiana based workers, friends, and vendors raise money for the kids programs. They are a sponsor for our upcoming gala and another sponsor for our gala is Boston Scientific. This business works to make life better through medical science. There are our offices for the business all through the world, including one the ones in Indiana and Costa Rica, is crucial for those who wish to use research to improve the lives of others, to move overseas, and become part of the group. Please visit bostonscientific.com to apply for a position or to learn more about this company. The next sponsor we have is someone new that I'd like for anyone to hear about, and that is Indiana Autism Services, LLC. This is a small-town ABA with a big commitment to providing excellent ABA. Each kid collaborates with a therapist to enhance social skills acquisition, develop new behaviors and preserve positive ones. We are locals who are aware of the issues in the rural areas. The Hilton Garden Inn Hotel is located in downtown Bloomington, Indiana. They will be donating two nights for our gala speaker. This hotel is great because it has high-class rooms that makes you feel as if you are a celebrity receiving VIP treatment. Amazing include an online site, restaurant, free Wi-Fi, and a fitness center that is open 24-7. Since it is located in downtown Bloomington, there are many bars like my previous sponsor, The Bluebird. This is the perfect place to stay after a long night. We as well need to look at Panera Bread, also in Bloomington, Indiana. They'll be donating all the bread for our event. Panera Bread has the belief of serving customers warm food and welcoming the best employees possible. If anyone is in the Indiana University area, be sure to check out the Panera Bread that is close to the campus. There's a special person who needs to be heard, and that is Eric Allen, located in Oregon. Eric is a certified drug abuse and mental health counselor who only sees the best in everyone. Be sure to go to one of his clubhouse meetings. Some exciting news I have is that he is also going to be a vendor for a second ARAR Gala. Shares new book, Recovery Journal. Make sure to take a read. Finally, it is that time of year again, as you could probably tell. The gala year. We had developed sponsors for this event, and they are Jennifer Bordland, GN Cherry for Kids, Indiana Autism Services LLC, Boston Scientific, Kelly Gray, First Pedestrian Church, Hilton Garden Inn, Downtown Bloomington, Indiana, Panera Bread, Bloomington, Indiana, Farm CBD, Hesa and Owen County, Paragon Wellness Solutions, and the All Abilities Choir. Thank you all. I appreciate the support. And there are some people I like to thank. First, I must thank my previous guest, Amanda Mamayana, C229 Broken is Beautiful, featuring Amanda Mamayana. For more information. What an incredible and sweet lady. Thanks again, Amanda. I appreciate the work you are doing and I wish you nothing more than luck. As I said in the previous section, we are having our second Autism Rocks and Rolls Gala. This year's theme is a great inspiration. It will start by 3 o'clock p.m. and be located at the Fountain Square Ballroom in Bloomington, Indiana. Our speaker will be a previous guest and former drummer in Finger 11, Rich Beto in C225, giving the beat to Rich Beto for more information. But be sure to come and get tickets. An extra thank you goes to John and Norris for decorating and catering. Also, as 
as promised, more details for our ARAR summer party on August 5th can be revealed. I can now say that during the party, we will have live music. Performers will be All Access Band and Duke Tomato. Thank you both. We are excited for you to perform at the Fowlers. Several weeks ago, I had a spur-of-the-moment speaking engagement. I spoke virtually at the 2023 Wisconsin Transition Conference. There, I shared my story, and people were very receptive to my presentation. Thank you, Dr. Amy, for helping me out. I am glad that this was able to work out. Also, last month, we had our monthly board meeting. Through this meeting, the board gave me a raise of $500 more. Thank you to all of the board members. I am so appreciative of the raise. Plus, we met with Seek again. We are so thankful for them and how they are helping us with the apprentice program. I've also completed my three speed networking sessions. First, I did my traditional MBX speed networking, and after MBX, I went back to an old but familiar group. That group would be the Information Expert Small Business Roundtable. I had to see my friend Jenny Bellinger again, so I had to go back to the Be a Guest and Get a Guest networking event. It was great to see some old friends and make some new ones. And finally, before this episode, I have been on lots of podcasts, or several podcasts, actually. I've been on the Get Authentic podcast, with Mark Ogen, the Stick Like Us podcast with Roma, go get it, the Oz Experience podcast with Jerry Brackens, and we don't talk about that podcast with Maya Byron. What awesome podcast, everyone. Now, folks, we're right back. We're here and Adam from the bar on Maryland Ridge, so let's get to it. There is a hidden gym in eastern Greene County, folks. Fowler's Pumpkin Patch and the barn on Maryland Ridge Wedding Barn. Autism Rocks and Rolls is very proud to tell you about our friends, Perry and Renee Fowler, and their place of business. Both Fowler Pumpkin Patch and the barn on Maryland Ridge is a relaxing drive approximately 15 minutes from the heart of Bloomington, Indiana, and an hour south of Indianapolis. You can find them at 5347 South Green County Line Road, Bloomington, Indiana, 47403. The property has numerous picture locations including several rolling fields, antique tractors, red and rustic barns, trees, and much more. Customized wedding packages are offered on their website. The surrounding area also provides several hotels in which to have your guests stay for your destination wedding. Also, Fowler's Pumpkin Patch is a family-owned and operated seasonal pumpkin patch. It's the perfect place to take your family for some fall fun. Enjoy picking out pumpkins, hay rides, a corn maze, and a petting zoo. Call the Fowlers today at 812-327-4895 or 812 Alright folks, we're back and you definitely hear the words I do at this wedding barn. Today's topic will be about an emotion I'm really good at and an emotion I'm really bad at and most on the spectrum can relate to it because that would be compassion and empathy. We're really good at compassion because most of the spectrum are really good people and they want to be there for you and they want to support you. But when it comes to the empathetic part and we have to show empathy by supporting you, we don't know how. We want to hop in the hoop, but we don't know how to shoot the ball because we're scared that the ball might miss and the way we show empathy might be tough love and be like, get it over with, dry it up, man up, and be ruthless when we're not trying to be at all. We're just telling you what I think you need to do. And that's another issue too, is we're very truthful people and for the listeners, C-102, honesty versus bluntness, more information on that topic. Sometimes, as they say, the truth hurts. Well, we're very truthful. We're going to tell you, okay, this is what you need to do. I apologize if you don't like it, but it's for your own benefit. And sometimes, though, people don't need the truth. And that's the hard part to hear or to see even if you think about it. Also, when you think about empathy, it's with our personalities too because, look, people who are listening, we're mostly dry people. We're dry with our emotions. We're dry with the way we speak. We're dry with our monotone voice. We're just dry. That's just how we are. It's not easy to show empathy and hop on the 
restraint if we're dry people when we just want to hop on, go to our destination and get off. It can be very tricky when we're not the people who are going to stay on the train and make chit chat with someone. Now, first, I'm going to discuss empathy. So the definition of empathy is the act of having sincerity for someone. That's where you're like, oh my goodness, you've been through this. I'm so sorry. And I'm not trying to say that I suck at it. It's bad to have empathy for someone because I think in life we all need empathy where we just need someone to pull us out of the water and be like, hey, you're going to be okay because that's all we need that sometimes in life we all need reassurance that all right you know what we can walk i have these gifts that i probably take for granted some days today i'm going to take that not with nine extra silver spoon in my mouth because today i can do this and if you could say that today i can do blank that's a great way to start today. And that's a way to remember that, hey, I have these gifts versus someone else's gifts. And even though I want these gifts and I love these gifts, I still feel bad some days that they don't have them, but I can't focus on them. I got to focus on me, but I do wish them luck. I think why this is an issue with those on the spectrum, it is not something that we are used to seeing someone like that all the time. And when we do, we are almost scared. And what I'm trying to say here is we get first impressions of people like everyone else. And unfortunately, there's some people in the world that are just bitter and probably don't have empathy with anyone at points at all with those people then yeah we probably are just used to seeing them like that but then there are some and lots of them out there in the world that are nice people they're good people for the majority i mean they may have their own flaws in them but they're good people they're doing what the american dream does what you're envisioning as a great life in america or in the world where you're from but then here's the problem you add emotion sometimes too because let's be real here good people get sad Good people get angry. Good people get all negative emotions here and there. So when we're not used to seeing them like that, when we're used to seeing the happy, bubbly, skipping down the hallway side to walking down the hallway with their arms crossed and looking out the floor, that leaves our head scratching a little bit because we aren't used to seeing you like that. We don't know how to help you out because we don't see you like this all the time. We see you for the majority of happy. You let your problems go down the slide. But this is too big of a problem. Of course you need help. And I don't know how to help though because I don't see you like this. What can I do to help you, my friend? I'd love for you to tell me if you know what we can do because I'll do what I can do to help. Now, obviously there's a line that is too much. But if it's on the line of too much or before the line too much, then yes, let me know what I can do so I can make you go back to the person you once upon a time were before this tragedy happened. And it's hard when people handle it differently. There's some people like, come in the house, let's talk. And I really need this right now. And I appreciate the reassurance. But there are others like, no, I don't need this right now. You get the boot basically out of the house. We know which way you handle it. Are you the person who hides in the corner? Or are you the person who steps out of the door? And it's okay if you handle it both ways. I think it's understandable and it's respectable the reasons you do it are valid but we need to know which one is it either way we're cool plus those on the autism spectrum cannot tell if it is real or fake basically i'm asking is if someone's making it a big deal because i think in life we all tend to over exaggerate i think sometimes we all have our flaws and one of our flaws is a problem that is big to us can be small to others or a problem that's big to someone else is small to someone else we all have our own pet peeves and our own issues that we think are all right this is on my nerves you gotta stop those are dramatic elements though to a story they don't need to be there we're expecting a raw story coming from you and if it's real then that means it really did happen it's really oh my goodness santa die but if it's fake where he just fell off the chimney then yeah that's kind of just dramatic because santa could probably get up at least all kidding aside with the santa it's really hard to tell because there are some real stories out there they're like oh my goodness that is real he does probably really does need some empathy because i can imagine myself going through that and i'd probably be devastated like him like any other person would but there's something like fake where you're like really you're devastated over that 
buddy. Come on, man. You gotta grow up a little bit. And that's me probably showing tough love and kind of me being mean, but you probably need that sometimes in life because you got to move on in life. You can't just sit around and ball if you want to function. You have to hop on your feet and not push the problem down the slide like some people might be able to do, but at least leave it laying down so that you don't have to worry about it and not function. Some examples I have of real or fake are dating. It's C104, making friends again that grow for more information, but I am mixed on this one because it's circumstantial. Where I don't have empathy comes to first love because I think first love is not going to be always your romance partner forever. Now, I'm not saying it's always happening. There are some cases, but since it's happened the majority of the time, I don't have empathy for it because it probably won't work out. In my opinion, you're just both trying to figure out your first love. You're experimenting around. You're kind of playing with yourself to know what you need to do in order to have a great relationship with someone in the future. And I don't have empathy with someone if it's grade school dating because you're just hanging out. You're not living together. You haven't gone to the step of going to the prom. You just went to a high school dance or a middle school dance that you probably won't remember in five years and you just hung out with them. whoop de doo Anyone can hang out with anyone. There's no law that states a great can hang out with the guy. So that's where you don't have empathy is that they broke up the next day. Now it's a different story if it's young love and college where it's more serious and you basically got dumped after six years. I totally would have empathy for that because I'd be devastated too. I mean, I probably couldn't help you out as much, but I could probably be the, oh, I'm sorry guy. And it's rare I'm like that, but this is one of the rare cases that I could be like that because I'd be devastated too if someone I knew for six years basically just threw me out and didn't want me in their life anymore. I am a lot more pathetic when it comes to that, but if it's young love, I'm not going to be empathetic. But again, maybe there are some special cases out there too. But I'm going to look at everything that's happened in that relationship from an outsider's perspective before I determine if it's real or fake. The next one that's hard for me to tell is politics. And the way I determine this on the real or faker meter is how much will it affect me or America. For example, if someone says, this politician flipped a booger at another politician. My first thought is really, why would you be flipping a booger at that age? But why is that there? Really, why are you trying to tell people that? Are you trying to make people mad? How does Telling that this politician flipped a booger at this politician helped our country. I think it just makes more people mad and wonder why. Now, if it was something like, okay, people prepare yourself for going to World War III because of this, 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 this. All right, now I'm listening because that's going to affect me, the way I live, and my country and its freedom. So, yeah, I'll listen to that, but I'm not going to listen to adults acting like children. Something else that I have a hard time telling that is real or fake is plans, but I'm not talking about the plans itself. I'm talking about the people in the plans because I've learned in life some people are nice and reliable you can count on them others while they're great people they're just not reliable because something happens with them all the time or they just don't hurt your feelings and just don't want to go and here's a scenario to explain this so i invited two people to go to a restaurant and have dinner with me at this certain time so we have person a reliable and committed person who just by a flute got a cold and is just really sick and has a fever we have another person person b who's unreliable and at the last minute texts me and say hey i just got sick. I don't want to go. I'm sorry. Have a great day. Here's where I don't have the line of empathy and real is, are you being sincere with me? Are you person A who really did get sick and just doesn't want to get me sick and wants to go but can't go because of a coincidental situation? Or are you a person who just doesn't want to go with me, who doesn't want to hang out with me, 
or just to, pardon to say this, but lazy to get out of bed and just doesn't want to leave the house and just doesn't want to go not to hurt my feelings and pretty much are lying to me. That's where I don't have the empathy because yes, I get it. Life happens. It sucks that it does sometimes, but I get that it does. So if you do catch a cold and you're sincere and you really do, totally get it. Stay home because I don't want you to get me sick. But if you're a person to be who's lying to me and is faking a cough or faking a runny nose just because you don't want to see me or hang out with me at that time frame because you don't want to leave the house, that's saying something. That's saying something about our friendship. You ruined it almost. And you're lying to me. And you know how much I feel about liars. If you're going to plan something with me, make sure you're committed to that plan. Don't change at the last minute unless it is a necessity that you do because of an emergency or something just happened, which again, I get. But don't tell me something didn't happen at all. You just don't want to go. That's hurts my feelings a little bit because that's saying something about me and that what you're saying about me is I'm not a good person to be around. You're not saying it to my face, but you're saying it behind my back. And if you are going to say that I'm not a good person to be around, I'd rather you say it to my face. Just say straight up, hey, I don't want to go. And I'm a lot stronger now where I can handle that. Now, probably at a time, I probably would appreciate the behind the back, but not anymore. So say it to my face, please. If you're going to not want to go because you just don't want to leave the house, you've had a rough week or whatever, I get that. But don't fake it. Take it. Our next one that can be really hard to tell that is real or fake is small problems that are big to someone else. And this is a word I'm going to use from Adam Wheeler. And C221, celebrating the spectrum with Adam Wheeler for more information. But the word he said that really stuck out to me on his episode, that is dun, 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 perception. And that's so true right? because I think in life, our perceptions are very a lot alike, but our perceptions can be very different too. There are some world problems or problems that... I see that may not be a big deal, but for others, be the biggest deal alive. And I got a story with this one from yesterday. We went to a family party and we were just playing around with their cousin and we told him to do a joke that he always did. Well, what we didn't know was because my uncle now thinks it's a big problem and in his perception, he got in trouble. We finally convinced him to let him go because we told him to do it. But to us, it's not a big deal. It's a joke to us. We're laughing at it. And we still laugh at it, to be honest. And it's a small problem that can be fixed easily. But there are some people in this world who just don't think that this small problem is a big problem or the big problem can be a small problem. There's a story with that too. If you look at Young Sean, I was hoping to share the clip, but I couldn't find the clip exactly if there's a little bit over but i'll just tell you about it so in young sheldon mary at one point hid an envelope for him to go to college because she didn't want him to know about it and she didn't want his the father to know about it and basically bring it up around the family because the answer would have been no to her period and she just didn't want anyone to argue well sheldon by accident and i really do mean this even though he's a genius and he probably could have figured it out on purpose he did find out by accident because he got a flashlight and was looking for batteries and when he asked his mom she was like you're not talking about this go to your room well at the young it was in the 1950s and he could probably get away with sneaking out of the house more so sheldon snuck out of the house went to his father and literally told him hey i have this envelope why didn't anyone tell me about this? Father was l- looked at it and he was like dead dog face and said, let me look at that. And later on, they went home. Sheldon got sent to his room, not because he was in trouble, but because they were going to have an adult discussion. Well, the father was like, hey, why did I not know about this? This is a big opportunity for him. At least I should have been told. Mary was like, it's not happening. Yada, 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 yada. No big deal. Let it go. She's like, okay, now you know. Let it go, Goldilocks. He was like, you're basically pushing this off because... This is a good opportunity. I'm his father. I should have been told. We could have discussed this and Lane. You probably wouldn't want knowing you, but I at least should have been told. And I think the father had the right to be angry because that's his dad. He should have been told. And I think that would have been a big deal if it was to me. Now, maybe to Mary in her mind, that wasn't a big deal because she's basically the hovering mom that you wouldn't win with and it was just not going to happen. But to him, it was like, really? You didn't tell me? What the heck? I'm a part of this family. I should know. Mom was like, you are part of this family. 
but it's not going to happen, period. We, we can't afford that. And I didn't want this to bring on the family because it would just turn into a big argument like now. So it was definitely a smaller problem to her, but to him, it was a big problem. And there could be arguments that the mother was running away from the problem. But you got to look at both cases here. You got to understand from his perception, big deal. Her perception, little deal. It will basically clash where both people will not have empathy and it turns to a fight. Arguments happen sometimes and some people lack empathy, big issues that are smaller than someone else. And I do that too. The reason why I said that story, it's very a lot like me. I probably sometimes have talked about a small issue, but to me, that's a big deal. That is a big deal to this. I probably have overdramatic this big deal when in reality, it may have been a small problem or it was a small problem, but to me, it was a big problem. So we had to really analyze each other's perceptions and really get to know the person to know what makes them tick. The other issue with why empathy can be a challenge is that, and I quote, if the issue cannot be fixed, so the person that I am and most people on the spectrum are, they're problem solvers. They like to fix it right away, or if not right away, with time, but there's an end goal at the end of the race. If we are going to fix the problem, there has to be a solution to it. And if there's not, we'll probably lack empathy because we're like, I don't know what to do. I'm sorry I don't know what to do. I wish I did, believe me. I, the type of person that I am, if I could help, I would, but I don't know what to do. If I said like, hey, what can I do and there's nothing, then why bother fixing it? I mean, I'm not saying that I have the problem continue on. If my friends ask me, what should I do? I might be like, look, that's your problem. I got something else to deal with because one, I don't know how to fix it. And two, that's not my business, my friend. It's your business. That's something that you have to do on your own. Now, if you want advice, I would 100% tell you what I would do if I was in your predicament. But you gotta fix this on your own, my friend. I can't be your spiritual guide fairy and wave my magic wand and be like, abracadabra, it's fixed. You might have to be the fairy and wave your own magic wand to fix the issue. We can't do everything for them, friends or family. And this is one of the cases where we can't fix it. It might be time for you to fix it and you to solve the issue so you could feel that you did something right and accomplish that. Wow, I solved this on my own with no one's help. I'm going to the right steps of living a good life and living as a functioning adult or a functioning kid even. I even have some examples of things that cannot be fixed where I don't have empathy. My first example is death. And I'm not trying to say life sucks and you die. No, 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 no. But life is great, but you will die. As someone in the movie from Dr. Strange said, death is what gives life meaning. And I agree because knowing that you're on time from the time you were born to the time you that you will pass eventually, you gotta, it makes you realize that you got to live the life you want to live. Do you want to live a life of this? Who's the person you want to be and what legacy do you want to create? That is what's going to make life meaningful But because when you go down, you'll have people remember you. And I'm not trying to say that I don't have any empathy at funerals because I get the tears flowing because you miss them. I 100% understand that. I'm not a complete animal when it comes to that. What I don't get is the mourning. You had your chance to mourn at the funeral or at the celebration of life. That's where I don't have empathy. I'm going to be honest with you. The tears won't bring them back. I wish it did, but it's not going. Eventually, you have to move on. That's what they would have wanted. But you have to do it not just for them, but for yourself too. Another idea where I have empathy that cannot be fixed is logical ruining. And what I mean by this is things that you choose to do that you know will end in a bad result but you still do anyway. So for example, if you take ice cream out to the park on a sunny day and your ice cream melt, well, what'd you expect? It's ice cream and it's sunny out. As we all know, the sun makes ice cream melt eventually if you stay there for a long time. I'm not trying to say don't have the attitude because hey, you wanna have a, if it's a nice day at the park, you wanna go have an ice cream bar, hey, 
That's on you. Let's do it. I would probably join you. But if you're mad that your ice cream melts, I'm not going to be mad with you because we're on the outside. Duh. It can be fixed too. Go get another ice cream bar. Easy solution. So if it's logical ruining, I probably won't have empathy. Now, if it's ruining that's not logical and someone's just mean to you for no reason, yeah, that's me having a little more empathy than someone else. But if you're doing it to yourself and it's logical and you know it's happening, but you do it, yeah, not gonna do it. What were you thinking, man? And I have a perfect story with this, too. I have a dog, and she's an old mutt, but she basically decided to get an animal so bad, she decided to scratch the cage out and crawl through the hole. Well, she could barely fit, and she made it, but the next day from the crawling so much, she was sore. And when we went out to see that, a couple of my parents weren't probably the most empathetic, but they were like, aw, Phoenix, I'm sorry for your back, girl. And I was like, I don't, because I was like, what'd you expect? What's gonna happen if you're gonna crawl through there and you're a big girl? Duh, you're probably gonna get sore, and if you're old even, you might even got injured. And I'm just thinking, could that raccoon have waited? I'm not gonna have any empathy with you if you do it by choice. And that leads me to my next bullet point, which is bad decisions by choice. And there's a difference between logical ruining and bad decisions by choice. Logical ruining was just something small like the ice cream. Bad decisions by choice is like a big bad decision where you basically move out of the house because of something really dumb that can be solved. That's where I'm not gonna have any empathy with you because it could have been fixed easily. You didn't have to leave the house in order for them to finally wake up and get the problem solved. It could have been handled so much differently than, than having to run away from the house because you didn't get the toy. Now, if it was something for something bigger and you had to make the decision by force, all right, I would totally understand, but that's not really a problem you need to solve by force. That's something with a discussion or talking to. I mean, a bigger issue, like a real big issue, like a world problem where you have to leave the house. That's where I might have a little more empathy because you had to do it by force, but by choice because of something really dumb or just something that you couldn't handle anymore and you didn't try to solve the problem yeah that's why i want to make empathy for you because it could have been so much more different if you would have been the bigger person another idea where an issue cannot be fixed but i have no empathy is manipulators and I'm like my mother with thieves on this one. If you want to check that episode out, see 105 meet my mother for more information. One of her issues is she hates thieves. She doesn't see a reason to steal. And I mostly agree with her. But I don't have that big of a view with thieves. My big of a view instead with thieves is with manipulators because I don't see a point of using people. I've been used too many times. I can count on one finger. And I don't like saying this, but I hate, I hate the people that did use me. Because why did they even bother to even talk to me? It was all just a fake. It, they made me feel like a phony almost. And my face is even kind of twitching by talking about some of these people but they know who they are and won't mention names but they should feel bad and they should feel like crap because what they did was make a person who thought he had something actually had nothing and that's not cool to do picking on the weak mentally or physically that's just wrong that's wrong 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 and to use them to make them feel good for only your benefit why even bother making us feel good if it's not real and what the sad part is we don't get anything in return almost if you think about it we get in return the feeling of just bleh and it's it's all fake 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 and if you're gonna fake us out with the psych you shouldn't do that we should do the real high five i get playfully messing around but not playfully even using people because you're just trying to pick on someone who doesn't understand what's going on and i've seen myself get bullied to where I don't even get that. If you're going to bully someone to where they don't even get it, I know I understand it doesn't hurt them because they don't see it, but it hurts the people around them who love them. So just know that your actions probably may not affect them, but it will affect the ones that they love too. Also to the ones that did use me and the manipulators that were, 
I should probably say, even though I am hostile towards you and I don't like you and I have no respect for you, where you're basically just melted ice cream to me, I hope one day that you can understand what you did and I feel bad for you because you're just melting in your heart. You may not see it externally, but you are internally because you don't have any real friends. Let's face it. You're just trying to use them and make yourself feel good. So I don't know if you're a leader at all. I just think you're a selfish brat. The final idea that I have is passing a due date. And I can be actually empathetic with this, but again, circumstances. I'm not like Miss Goodfree from Big Nate. Miss Goodfree from Big Nate was like, you have that assignment on my decks, period. I don't care if your goldfish died, you're in the hospital, get that to me tomorrow morning, please and thank you. No, I'm not like that. If something happens to where you're in the hospital and you gotta drive in an ambulance just had a bad night, all right, totally get it. I'm a human being. I would have probably been the same way. Don't worry about the assignment. Get through what you're getting through. I may have to cut you some points, maybe, depending on the assignment and depending on the curriculum, but I'm just going to be empathetic with you. I'll work with. Totally get that. I'm a, I'm not that big of a monster again, but where I become a monster is if you did pass the due date and you basically didn't have anything going on, you just didn't do it because one, you forgot, or two, you just weren't interested in doing that assignment. And that's where I become like, Rawr! because in my eyes, you should have done it and you knew about a long head of time. I'm a firm believer in getting deadlines in because that shows you your reliability. If you're not going to be reliable, and I'm a reliable person, so probably passing a due date is a pet peeve of mine, but also is because of the reliability trait. I can't help the fact that I'm a reliable person. So if you're going to give me in return for unreliable, then we're going to have some issues here just because you won't do it. And in my opinion, as I've seen this with some people of mine that I know, and I, they'll remain nameless, but I know them, and if they're not reliable, they won't make it. So I'm not trying to say, be reliable, be reliable, be reliable. No, 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 no. I'm just trying to say if you know a due date do everything you can to remember that due date and if they do pass it just know it could have been a reason that you didn't know or ask them what's going on because you really don't know what is going on in their daily life you don't have binoculars to spy on them 24 7 i also need to say that there is a big misconception that since we have no emotional intelligence we are sociopaths well that's not true at all there's a difference between lacking empathy because i am autistic and lacking empathy because you are an evil serial killer and a psychotic learn the difference between the two sides Look at the first video below. Now to the parents, I just want you to know you gotta be careful with smart mouthing too because sometimes it's not them not showing empathy. It's just them being mouthy because kids are kids. They'll always be kids. But obviously sometimes kids can mouth on. I'm not trying to say accept it with them not showing empathy. Nip it in the butt clearly. Just figure out the difference between not showing empathy and then just being a mouthy kid at any age that a kid was smart off at. And the way I figure that out is to know your child because you'll know your child at an early age when they're not showing empathy and they're just being mouthy because be really hard to tell it can be in my opinion at points but i think you know your child well enough at an early age that as they grow older you'll be able to tell okay they're just having a hard time understanding empathy or okay i gotta nip them in the butt because they're being really mouthy and they need to be disciplined for it, which i do believe in and see the listeners 218 dare to discipline for more information but when you don't know ask to yourself all right is it time to help or is it time to discipline and it de- all depends on the personality but you'll get to know the personality pretty well once the child is grown at an age where they begin to identify themselves. Everyone needs to understand that some have been raised to mind their own business or you worry about you. If that's the case, then fine. That's a great lesson to teach. And trust me, I've been taught that a lot. But just know if somebody on the spectrum has that lesson jammed down their throat, it will be a factor of us not showing empathy because you want us to worry about ourselves? Okay, that's fine. We'll oblige. But that just know that it might probably won't lead us to showing any empathy because we had to worry about ourselves and be basically a lone wolf. I'm just telling you, we need to be taught the lesson, but it can't be jammed down our throat 
throat or otherwise it'll become a very strange land with no one around and I don't think we want that at all. So it can make us into a non-empathetic person because we have to worry about ourselves I thought. And now you're telling us but you can worry about us. Which one is it? Worry about you or worry about others? There's a hard balance to find. I had a hard time finding that when I was in grade school. Okay when is the time to be compassionate and worry about others and when is the time to be just me and worry about myself and that's a hard thing to do and I now know the difference but at a young age you want to teach us that that's fine but just so you know that might lead us down to having no empathy down the road because I don't think I have as much empathy possibly for that reason now I know all right you know what you don't want me to have empathy right now okay I won't have empathy at all I'll be completely unempathetic and if you want that for me right now okay but it probably will be over the top unempathetic. I don't want people to think of me as a rude person because I am a great person. I'm just not the most empathetic right now because I'm still remembering the lessons I learned during grade school, which was worry about you and mind your own business. So what I'm trying to tell you parents is make sure you are teaching it, but don't jam it down our throats or it's gonna not be a pretty sight down the road when they turn 18 and they make someone mad unintentionally because they're being less empathetic and we don't want them to have a bad impersonation of us and I'm sure you don't want the same so just telling you to be a little bit careful and cut us some slack but make sure you are teaching the lesson still. And there are some basic reasons why we do not show empathy. Some of those reasons are we do not understand the problem. This happens to a lot of people. They can't understand the problem because they don't understand what's going on or two, they've never been through it. And that's okay if you don't understand a problem because they can either explain it to you or if you still don't get it, you go to someone else. I mean, there's someone else who's probably been in your shoes before so they can help it better than me. So I'm not trying to say exclude me. You could definitely try to come to me, but if I don't get it, it might be someone else's turn to help. Another reason why you might like empathy is we could be very self-absorbed. We're not trusting we're narcissistic by looking in the mirror and kissing our muscles. We're not those type of people. But we can be very self-absorbed and think of ourselves where we're like, alright, how's this gonna affect me and me only? And I have done that before and I've said that before in previous episodes but I want people to know that we're not just thinking of ourselves. We are thinking of you too. But the way we think of others is also thinking of ourselves because we want to know how this is gonna affect everyone and we can't think of how it's gonna affect everyone at the same time. We have to think about it one at a time. And the first first person we're going to start with is ourselves so if we're being self-absorbed and we're lacking the empathy and how's this going to affect us just so you know that even though we're thinking about ourselves right now eventually we'll come to you when it comes time to come to you another reason why we may lack empathy is we do not back down i gotta sing this by no resolve i never back down I get up, I get up, I never back down. All right, anyway, the truth is that we do not back down. We will have our views in stone, and some of them can be very strong. If it's strong, trust me, the root in the mud is not coming out. You can try to pull it, and I wish you luck, but if it's a strong view, that root's not coming out. Believe me, you can keep pulling all you want. Sometimes, though, what's sad is when we have that strong view challenge, we will get pushy and argue with you to the point where we might make you feel really bad, and we don't mean to. This is kind of on ours end that we got to make sure that we're still respecting your views and understand why you believe it but just so you know you can't try to pull our root out and you might succeed my friend but let me tell you it's rare that it happens for me and for those on the spectrum if it's a strong view based on our experiences or based on what we've seen that root's not going anywhere another basic reason why you might lack empathy is we're scared of deep connections and yeah i hate to tell you this but i'll admit it even though i have high function autism i'm still scared of deep connections that includes with everyone i know my family and my friends and the reason being is as we have deep connections i don't think people see that deep connections come with the price and that price is one out of two things happen one you want to please them too much and you become over pleasing and you care what they think and if you know him well enough 
I don't care what others think, except probably my family. When I try to please them and I don't please them at all, you get disappointed and then they get disappointed. It just becomes into a wheel that spins backwards. And then another issue is with the deep connections I have, I'm very protective over. But here's the problem. I can be very overprotective. If it's overprotective, the milk could turn into rotten milk. And if it comes to rotten milk, you just spoiled all the bonding that you did. So if we're going to have deep connections, that's great. But you got to be aware of with those on the spectrum, we could either A, get overprotective or B, become a people pleaser where we try to please you too much mentally at least and i don't want people to do that where they have to be like yes ma'am yes ma'am yes ma'am all righty let's do this do this yes ma'am yes ma'am and i don't want that for anyone the final reason why i might like empathy and this is probably more of a personal one than an actual one is i'm afraid of hurting others because listen i'm a nice person i actually have a bit of a heart and i'm not just afraid of breaking it for myself because my heart will hurt i'm afraid that the other person's heart will hurt because if i break the connection their heart's gonna get punched and it'll just water and become bloody if I'm looking at this and I'm afraid of hurting them, yeah, I don't want it to go bad for them. I don't want to have to possibly lead them down a bad path because of me. I would feel awful if that happens. So yes, I'm afraid of hurting others because I want them just to be as happy as I am. And I don't want to be the reason that they do something tragic to themselves or a tragedy happens because of me. I couldn't live with that. But there's a bigger reason why I like empathy. It's the biggest reason overall. That's because of our communication skills. In C227, effective communication for more information. But since we do not have the accurate skills to do effective communication, it leads us to have no empathy because that's a part of communication. I think not speaking communication, actually, because while it is verbal, it's small talk. It's just saying, oh, man, I'm so sorry. If you need anything, let me know what you need. And as we know through this podcast, our small talks sucks for us. It really stinks. We can't do anything. We can make the person feel better, but there's nothing we can do. And I'm the type of person who wants to do something. So since we can't do something, just say I'm here for you. Yeah, it's not easy to do because can we really do anything for you? I don't think so. But if you still understand that thought, I'll help you out. To have a visual aid of my previous thought, look at the second video below to see the Center for Autism in the United Kingdom explain empathy as a social thermostat. One idea that might help is try to hook the person with autism with an animal because animals can tell how they are feeling and their energy can match theirs. Don't believe me? Check out the third video below to see the robotic animals on how they are helping build bond. Alright, now we covered empathy. We need to cover compassion. And compassion is sympathy for people going through hardships. I think why we do want to help with this is because there are some situations that go against humanity. If you look back at history, there are some situations in life that did not affect just one person, but a whole population. And it pretty much scared people and guess what? Humanity didn't win at that time. But humanity came back and won and they fought for their rights. And I'm a firm believer in fighting for their rights and I'm going to join. I may not have been there with you physically, but mentally and maybe spiritually, I was there. So yes, I believe in fighting for rights. If you're fighting right now, don't give up because because your time will eventually come. There's a situation going on right now that you think you cannot get out of. Fight through it because it will occur where you are the winner. I'm telling you right now, you're all winners. You have to fight for humanity. Even though there's bad men and women out there, they deserve some dignity. So let's fight for theirs. Even though they might not deserve it, let's be the bigger person. And we want to help. We really do. We do not know how sometimes. The way we solve the issue is we just stare. The definition of staring to me is basically just looking at someone directly and without flinching or even moving their eyes. The reason why we stare is that those on the spectrum cannot help reasonably. We will look directly at you with 
compassion or provide a safe zone mentally because in our opinion the best way to help you is to stare we don't know what else to do if it's a situation going down and we can't do anything that's out of our power that we have to call someone else who is higher authority than us and we're scared to do it because it make the situation go worse yeah we may not do that because we might just stare and stare and stare just to make us feel better and hopefully to know that there's someone out there who actually cares to show you that hey i care what's going on so we're not staring to be creepy we're staring because we actually have a heart and we want to use that heart but the situation is bigger than the heart the issue is that sometimes they do not want compassion because they wish to solve the problem alone but i think some people need help and do not realize it and i think that's true from personal experience because when a person might need help the most and hop in the lion's den and they need the help because it's a situation that one person can't tackle they go to suplex city a lot and they get bumps and they get suplex suplex after suplex after suplex and they feel like they've been hit through an f5 tornado but what if you got help what if you had someone maybe not to help you out to the t but to guide you because if you have guidance that might help you out and granted you still might go to suplex city but you probably won't be in suplex city for too long and you might not feel the after effects of the f5 tornado to those on the spectrum if someone does not take your compassionate help because they have the thought of this is only my issue why bring a party in that will make the issue worse don't take it personal at the end of the day it's not your battle to deal with it's their battle to deal with that's what separates us all is we all have our own great aspects of life and our own great ups but we also have our own downs. and sometimes those downs need to be dealt with by that one person because it's not your down you can't make it your down that's not the role we live in it's only their down and they have to adverse their down and make it into an up if possible but don't get involved if they do not want you to if they want your help then yes i say give it in and help them out but if they don't want it don't butt in it's their choice and not yours what separates those with the compassion is with empathy others just feel bad but do not take action but those who have compassion take action and fix the issue even if society deems it unfeasible because i believe no matter what you're going through it can be finished. It might take some time, but at the end of the day, you will reach victory. As Cody Rhodes said, finish the story. Can't just be in that one chapter for the rest of your life. But if the situation is too big, I'm willing to help you out at any cost, even if that means having to stick my hand into the shark's mouth. But if you don't want it, I understand. But just so you know, I'm willing to stick my hand in the shark's mouth for you if you cannot finish your story. I'm willing to finish the story for you if you try to finish it yourself, but just cannot do it. For me personally, I do have compassion for certain people and i'll briefly tell you why for each so they are veterans because they serve this country and give me freedom of speech to start a podcast and i thank them for that so thank you for your service and teachers because they are in it for the passion not for the money i cannot imagine trying to put up with tons of kids when i can barely put up with two some days and those with disabilities because as uncle mike said they work three times harder than the average man and i agree i want to let you know that they do do sacrifices that you don't see and disability and mental health advocates because they are supporting my mission and so supporting that I think differently and that I have anxiety and depression that causes me some really bad days and I thank them truly for that I also have respect for story shares because I want to let you know that is the most gutsy thing to share a story that can be very personal if you come out and share it it takes guts and I am applaud you for doing it and finally I have compassion for entertainers because while they might be in it for the money maybe some I know some of it are in for the passion because they want practice from the craft we have to deal in our daily lives and I thank them for trying to get me away from the dark side 
shine on my life. But I'm not just talking to you singers. I'm talking in any entertainment industry, such as music, movies, actors. I'm talking to even the people on Food Network. I'm even talking to TV stars. I'm talking to anyone who the goal is to entertain us, even the local bands. I thank you all for existing because you all are valuable in the solution of trying to help America and the world get through some of our challenging parts. And you may not realize it, but trust me, you're helping out. Now, I'd like everyone to know that even though while those on the spectrum are scared of deep connections and having empathy in a relationship, we can have a relationship because falling in love will take over that fear. However, the other person needs to understand that we may not have any empathy, but we can have compassion, a relationship that's filled with love. Since I am not an author who can talk about all of his experiences on this podcast, I, well, I could, but that, that might be another whole episode. I want to want to hear from someone else. So if you check out the fourth video below, Arthur Kenny Margot tells his love views on Autism Live. Finally, there are some situations in the eyes of someone with autism that call for compassion. Some of those are domestic abuse. And I'm talking about the abuse between husband and wife where one's beaten basically the other. And I'm not going to say I understand what it's like because I don't understand what it's like. I don't know what it's like to have someone you thought love beat you up 24-7. I don't. But I can relate because one thing that I have in common with domestic abuse survivors is they dealt with verbal abuse. Well, I had to deal with verbal abuse too because I got called weak. I got called pathetic. I got called useless. I was told I was in somebody's imagination because they were just trying to be ruthless tyrants. And I know what that's feeling like. I know what it feels like to have someone bring you down. And I know it's harder for someone that you thought loved you. But I'm going to tell you this right now. If you need to leave, get out of that house. It wasn't meant to be if he really does love you, he wouldn't beat you up with the belt. There's other ways that they can handle issues. No one has to go to violence in order to solve the problem. If he has that bad of a temper, trust me, leave for your own safety and for his safety too. And I should say leave for his safety, for her safety too. I also want to say that there's no one else out there you don't feel safe with and you have nobody else. I'm going to put myself out there right now. Come to me. I'll protect you because you don't deserve it. No one deserves to be threatened in their own house. No matter if the house was bought by him or her, no one should feel threatened at home. The next idea that I have that calls for compassion is natural disasters because unfortunately in life, Mother Nature is not the nicest. And we can't control We can't be like, Mother Nature, make tornado away. Mother Nature, make hurricane go away. Mother Nature, make blizzard go away. Sometimes Mother Nature is not really the most appropriate person to be around. I mean by appropriate, I mean just can be awful. But what we can do is after her fit of dissension, we could clean up the mess by becoming one. And we had to become one before the weather wins. We may not be able to combat the weather at that time frame, but after the dust settles and the smoke clears, we could fix the mess that Mother Nature made. And even though it's not a fun mess to clean up, it's a possible mess to clean up. And we can go back from where we were before the natural disaster even took place. Another idea where you need to show compassion is when you're being with your heroes and I know everyone has a hero. I have mine. I know Cody Lee is one of my heroes. Simon Cowell and Howie Mandel from America's Got Talent are my heroes. Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank is one of my heroes. All these people have done something for me. They don't realize they have but they did and what they done for me is they show me the way. They show me a way of life that I'm trying to live. They show me a way that's hard to explain even because they've done so much to help me as a human being. They've shown me what life really means and what life should be like for them. How it can help you. I can never thank 
them for that. And I'm definitely have a example here because I actually want to say that all the guests I've had are my heroes. My guests are my heroes. And the guest I'm having right now actually coming next month for my event is Rich Beto. And for the listeners, C225, giving the beat to Rich Beto. But when he's coming, you guys don't understand how much compassion I'm going to give him. I'm probably going to give him all the hugs in the world. I don't know if he's a hugger or not, but we'll see if he is. But if he is, I'll be definitely giving it to him. But the reason why, in all seriousness, is because he's done something for me. He came on my show to share his story and to tell us how to be better humans. And I cannot thank him enough for that. And it's only fair because since he's done something for me, it's fair that I do something for him now too. Another situation where we need to show compassion is with someone who is in a worse predicament to you because, hey, if you think autism is a worse predicament and you think having sleep apnea, peanut allergy is all bad, there's other people out there that are worse than my predicament. I know that I'm not talking about a worse predicament that's not feeling well mentally or you just have a cold. I mean, phase four pancreatic cancer. There's someone out there who's not feeling good physically and mentally. They know they're on borrowed time. They don't know if tomorrow's coming, but I'm going to help them out because I want to make sure they have a legacy to live off and I'll be happy to provide them with that legacy by listening to this podcast and knowing that you are a part of me and I'll always be a part of you no matter where you go, if you beat the cancer or not. But I'm happy to support your legacy that you have lived off of that wasn't in the hospital, that was living out best life that you can imagine. And I even goes to my friends who have been through some hell that I know through their experiences. I'm talking about the people who have my back, who have had my back since day one, and I have their back since day one. Yes, I'm compassionate to them because one, some of them do have some challenges, physical and mental. I won't tell them what they are just out of privacy and respect, but I know they also have some mental challenges to where I know they are genuine and have been through scars. I see the scars every day. And I'm willing to show compassionate because I do respect them as a person, but I respect them even more for their story. And I am so happy that they come to me. So the friends out there that have a story, you know who you are, but thank you. The final situation that needs to be compassion is at a professional place. And I think this is true because what I've learned and what I've seen is the majority of employees mainly respond to bosses that are like them almost. They like the bosses that are not the workers exactly, but could relate to the workers because they've worked before. Now, granted, they're still the boss by doing the tasks that a CEO has to do, but they listen to their employees. They know what it's like to be there. They've been through that experience and you both can relate because you have a compassionate side of remembering what it was like to be them and in their shoes and you make decisions that are fair. That's what a good boss does and that's what employees will respond to is if you have that love for them i know my employees as an executive director i love all of them i love what they've done for me I want to help them out as much as i can in return we have become a family and that's what the workers love is when their bosses treat them like family members and they discipline them when they need to be no matter who it is and they need to show them loyalty no matter who it is that they have their backs and i'll always be behind you period no matter what you are doing that's the type i know of an, a boss i respond to and i know that that with others because believe me they respect them so much that you can even hit it off and it would be even better because if the boss wants to see you succeed it gives the employees a better chance to give you the proper motivation because they know they want approval by the boss that is almost like a father or a mother figure to them. And when they have that figure to them, it's just going to be like a life cycle because you want to impress your family. The way to make your employees work is to become family and to show them that you have their back. To conclude, empathy and compassion are great traits to have in your DNA, but somebody with autism cannot have both. Empathy does not come with autism because we like to get to the point, even though we can be unrealistic with our solutions, there is a line drawn that does not get crossed. Not all problems can be fixed, but while I am terrible at cognitive empathy, I can give you all the effective empathy 
empathy in the world. After all the examination, if someone still thinks that I am a sociopath, I sincerely and truly understand. But do not jump to that just because you forgot to look at the compassionate side of this. Well, I think I'll be all folks today. I hope you learned some empathy and compassion. And I want you right now to show compassion with someone, but also work on your empathy skills. <laughs> Thanks for joining me for this episode. Please tune in for another episode coming very soon. Hope you enjoy listening to me ramble. Thank you very much.